Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Here with me, as always, the inventor of the infomercial and the original shark on the hit show Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Great to be here, Seth. Thanks. I'm looking forward to uh, to a great guest today. Yes, we have a very special guest today, Jennifer Justice, an entertainment and live experience executive known for her experience in building artist careers and business portfolios by marrying art with commerce. She's been named a game changer by Goop, by InStyle as one of the 50 badass women changing the world, and on Billboard's Women in Power list three times. She's been featured on the Today Show and is a regular contributor on NBC News. JJ, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So you've got quite an amazing background in terms of serving as Jay-Z and Beyonce's personal attorney at Rock Nation, founding the Justice Department uh, that works with females, entrepreneurs, executives, and talents. How did you get started? Oh, that is a very um, loaded question here. So we could be here for the entire time. Um, you know, I started just, you know, I wanted to be a music attorney. I um, you know, came from a family that didn't really have higher education. I was the first to go to college. I was like, what can I do? I went to University of Washington and I graduated and, you know, the career center sent me on um, insurance sales and wine distribution. And I was like, okay, well, that's not going to work. So I was like, okay, well, I just watched TV and said, okay, that could be a doctor, lawyer, or banker. And so I decided lawyer. It's literally that like rudimentary. Um, I was hanging out in Seattle during the grunge years. I went to college during those years and they, um, and I was, you know, I applied to law school, got into Cornell, thankfully on a scholarship. And, and they were like, where are you going? I was like, law school. They're like, oh, you know what? Our lawyers are women. And I was like, um, done, sign me up. And then, um, you know, I, I literally went to law school to become a music attorney. I got a job in it right after, you know, I worked in like a Wall Street law firm for a while, got into that. And my first client was a very then unknown Jay-Z. Um, and so, you know, that's how it kind of got me into the entertainment law space. Um, and then I, and you know, Jay-Z's, we know him now, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. So to be able to look at that background, um, uh, you know, in music, uh, agents have a limited role that they, you know, do mostly the live experience. And so they rely mostly on managers, agents, and managers, lawyers, et cetera, to do, you know, in particular, Jay-Z did source and vet a lot of uh, the deals that he wanted to do, especially outside of his um, main career as a musician. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, in the meantime, I was still doing, I was representing a lot of artists, all different kinds of artists. I was a partner at, at this firm that I got hired in, um, you know, when, uh, right after the Wall Street gig, about six months after law school, I got hired in there. Jay-Z was a very young um, client at the time, Hard Knock Life hadn't come out yet. Uh, I then started representing a lot of different artists and, and hip hop in particular, Method Man, Red Man, Outkast. And I was doing a lot of stuff with women, which um, I would do a deal for, you know, a, a male doing, you know, a director level, entry level of a, you know, big publishing company. And he was offered $130,000. And then I did one for, you know, a female and she was offered 90 and it was his boss. And so it was like, so that kind of got me into this female equality space. So you know, here I'm representing, you know, Jay-Z, who is building his hobbies into businesses, marrying art and commerce, um, you know, helping him build up his, you know, enterprise and, um, and then representing all of these women. And so it kind of married the two with the Justice Department, which I'm sure we'll get into a little more. That's a great so, story, Big Very long-winded, sorry. I love that. Hey, I got, so when you first started with Jay-Z, for example, yeah. he was not the powerhouse, right? I mean, he was no. kind of kind of a young young guy trying to break yeah. out and then yeah. did you continue or have you like now like i just read yesterday i think he just it got a huge investment into his champagne for example yeah. right right i mean anything he touches turns to gold now right but right. where how long did that take for him and were you still in his life as as that uh, power came together for, for James right Day? So I started within the end of the 90s, right, right before Hard Knock Life. And then at one point, in about three years later, he actually retired. And then he decided to come out of retirement. He retired from being, you know, an artist right. um, and then came back. And that's when he really started building his brand more and more. So we would do partnerships, et cetera. And, you know, Jay-Z is very interesting in the fact that he never is afraid to say no to things, especially like if, if, and you know, he, it really doesn't resonate with him. And also that he wanted to build enterprise value in, for himself and not really just the middleman. Like, you know, why, why build somebody else's brand? You have to be able to build your own at the same time or, or just your own. And so we did a lot of joint ventures and a lot of like investment kind of thing. And so that grew over time. I was all told with him 17 years. So I did the help do the deal for them to start Rock Nation. I then went in-house to Rock Nation. I was the EVP doing all strategic marketing and business development. And then um, I left a little over five years ago. So while he started the champagne company, while I was still a part of his life, I would, in the last five years, I've not done any work with him or right. Beyonce, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What? A lot to get in there in a small period of time. Sorry. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> So what inspired you to start the Justice Department? Well, I, you know, I noticed that, you know, I, I've been in business rooms and business situations and, and conference rooms for a long time. And I was trained very well. And but the majority of the time, the people sitting in those rooms were men. And that was great. And I had great mentors and relationships and know how to do business very well with them. When I, but then I was noticed, you know, and I'm like, but we're, you know, women are 50% of the population. And I had represented a lot of women. And we all, I just did a lot of thinking about why it was that having 50% of the population, everybody seemed to care about diversity and wanted, uh, you know, di diversity in their companies. What was it that was not happening, right? And why is that, but I knew these, you know, women who were also in entertainment, be it talent in music or film or, um, 
in, you know, female founders or, you know, chefs, all, whatever it was, why aren't their careers and businesses taking off the same way as men? You know, like you can read so many things. I was reading something yesterday and it had all to do in the crypto space. Not one woman was mentioned in the entire thing. This person started this, this, this. And, you know, it's not for lack of interest from women, but a lot of the time I just came, I personally came to the conclusion that it's a lack of understanding from many different angles, um, not just understanding, but a lack of accessibility, you know, not the same opportunities given, um, not the same amount of access to um, business kind of advice and, and strategy, and from a women's perspective, right? Like, look, we're equal, but we are different. You know, we have different chromosomes. So, you know, by definition, we no. biologically were different. And so, like, how did I, um, how, you know, using my experience and everything that I've done, like, how could I then help women make more money? Because if women have more money, then they have more power. And if they have more power, I, I think we can help make this world a much better place, Right. And, um, and so that was really the impetus behind it and just seeing it firsthand and now really seeing it firsthand, having represented mostly women for the last two years, how, you know, they're constantly underpaid, underfunded, underestimated and have lack of access and opportunities. And so I wanted to give all my experience that I had done in representing somebody like a Jay-Z um, who came, who was, you know, I wouldn't say he was ever a normal guy because his brain works in very mysterious ways, but he was not the person we know today to this per this powerhouse and, and watching that transition. Um, and, you know, so I'm doing the same thing I was doing in legal strategy, business development, you know, and, but doing it mostly for women. And so when, when I heard art to commerce, um, at, I, you know, now I understand music, you know, the music industry, the artists, uh, you know, the commerce, but do you, do you do more than music? Are you in other? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 since the start of the justice department, I've actually done all different categories that most of the things fall in media entertainment. Um, anything that could be like sponsorship partnerships, you know, you take something and you have your core business. How do you grow that? Right. And right. that's really where our core business is taking somebody who has a core business and then growing that. It could be a scientist who wants to grow out into media or entertainment or product or whatever and helping them. I just don't, you know, I can't do the actual, like, I don't know what their process is to, you know, do a lot of that. So it's, it's just a growing their businesses, doing their deals in a way that they can actually have a real enterprise value and grow their business. And do, do you also, I mean, is part of your um, kind of duties when you, when you get involved with, with some of these um, artists to create joint ventures, bring deals together, or yeah. do they have enough flow that you're just helping them deal with the flow they get? Or do you also create some of the activities for them? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's all of the above, right? So, yeah. you know, at first it's like, you know, just to go out and try to create deals, I mean, you would need a team of 50 people, right? To just do that for one person. So that, the, and all the different segments that you could possibly partner. And right. so really it's like, it's figuring out first, like who's coming to you, right? And then, right. and then, and then, and then of those deals, how many can you really do? Right. Getting the best deal, right? Somebody could come and say, hey, I just want to, you know, I want you to do a post for $5,000. I'm like, 
you know what? Why don't we create something much bigger? Let's create a bigger thing around you. You yeah. seem to have this problem. You need this, right? And then how can we do that? And how can we build that? And then it's like, okay, what are the pie in the sky things that you want to do? What, what is authentic to you? What could you own? What, who could we partner with to see how to do it and then grow it into your own business? So ultimately it's to be able to have businesses where you make money while you sleep, right? Yeah. Um, and to really build on those things. So, but to do that, you have to test the market and test the waters. And so it's about finding those pockets that you end up doing really well with and resonating. And as I'm sure you both know very well. <laughs> Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Well, I love the fact that, you know, I have seven-year-old twins. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a single mom to a boy, boy and girl twins. And I know what I'm doing is only helping, right? And I know that I am putting good energy out into the world and I'm helping, you know, women really have like the ability to say F off in situations where they don't want to be in, right? Because money doesn't make you happy, but it does give you confidence and it gives you choices. And when you don't have choices, that's unhappiness. And so, you know, I love helping them understand what their worth is. And I love helping them understand that you don't have to know everything, right? Men have known this forever. You guys grow up in team sports and you're like, oh, I'm really good at like, I'm really good forward. I'm a really good, you know, in defense. I'm really good on the bench. I'm a really good manager. Okay. You, you, like women don't grow up in those team sports as much, right? And we don't have those opportunities. And so to understand it, it's like, okay, just because I'm a female founder doesn't mean I should know everything. I used to be in PR before, so that's what I should focus on. But the business side, I need to hire the right people around me. And how do I hire those right people? And is it just the people that everybody says I should hire? Or are they really people I resonate with? So I like putting those pieces together for them and helping them understand that what they're doing is totally right. They're not doing anything wrong and they shouldn't know everything. Um, this is another, you know, thing of psyche of a lot of women. It's like, we feel like we need to be 130% prepared to do anything at 100%. Yeah. You know, I was reading about this, um, of a scooter brawn and, and, and one of the, the, I can't, I'm forgetting the girl's name, the singer that had a big battle about her, the rights to her recordings. And, and are you, are you up? Yeah. You, Taylor you, Swift. Yeah. Taylor yeah. Swift. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Taylor's complaining that scooters is off selling her, you know, the assets, I guess he owned them, but what was your take on that whole thing? It was hard for me to even as a, as an industry person to, to, to right. think who's right, and who's wrong here. Right. I mean, there, look, there's a little bit of business and a little emotional there, right? Okay. So we're dealing with songwriters, right. you know, Taylor Swift, Swift writes her own songs. She's emotional about those songs and what happens to them. But ultimately it's like he did a deal where he bought the master recordings from the original owner, Scott Borchetta. And so you know, I don't really know the ins and outs and the details of it. And I'm sure there's sides of the story we're not hearing. Um, but, you know, you do have this re-record restrictions when you're an artist. You sell you the rights to your master recordings in exchange for money. You know, she had done that before. She was not getting the response that she wanted in order to, A, I, I had read even that she had offered to buy them back, right? And so, you know, it to me, it's like, it's a little like half one, you know what I mean? It's like, you're told not to be passionate in, in business, right? And not get yeah. emotional about it. But at the same time, how do you not when the product is literally your psyche? You know what I mean? It's like right. emotional to you. Yeah. So, 
you know, it, to me, it, it's, I wish it could have worked out better. I yeah. wish she could have gotten those, especially as a woman and now yeah. that she has power and she actually has money. Um, it would have been great that they could have worked something out and it had, then it wasn't just about money. Yeah. It seems to be mostly about money. Um, okay. And that's why it's a really hard business, you know, as an aside in the music industry, many people that I know that have been like, have men are like hedge fund, private equity. They're always like head scratching their heads at the music industry. They're like, I do not understand it. I do not understand it at all. It's like, because it's a product, it's not a shampoo or a bottle of water that you can sell or a pop chip or whatever. It's a human being is, right. is actually quote unquote the product. Right. Yeah. And so that's why it becomes gotcha. so hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. You've achieved so much success. What's your biggest challenge now? I mean, taking the advice I give other women. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I scale? I'm one person. Like, I should be doing a podcast interviewing you guys. Like, what, are, you know what I mean? Like, why? And it's just, that's part of it. Um, isn't it always? It's like, you know, the cobbler has no shoes and, you know, the manicures with bad nails, all of that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm the person, you know, who's giving all this advice. And then it's just like, oh, sure, I can do that for free. Or like, yeah, why am I, you know, growing my own? So, it's a constant inner struggle I have with myself. It's good. To, it feels good to say it out loud. It's like a little bit of therapy here. Thank you. I like that. That's that's funny. Oh, okay. You talked about um, following your own advice. What you give advice professionally every single day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um. All right. So look, I just want to preface this with. You know, lifting women up does not mean putting men down. I love working with men. But the best advice I've ever gotten is whenever you doubt yourself, think what a straight white man would do and then do that. <laughs> <laughs> Put yourself in a you know, position of something that you've not been in before, which I do like. What has been the most unique deal that you've brought to fruition for one of your clients and you don't have to name them if it's confidential but what was the most unique deal that you were like i can't believe we're doing x oh my god that is uh, you know i think like a lot of them had to do with bringing music and technology together in a way that um like no one had ever thought of to the point that when it happened People weren't, didn't know if they should have been excited about it or like, like think it's the worst deal ever. Those kinds of deals were always really, really amazing um, for me. And I know that's super nebulous. So you can't like, you know, because being a, an attorney you can't really like give any like confidential or back, you know, information. Um, but, you know, I, I have just as much pleasure, uh, you know, getting somebody like I just did a deal for a woman who had been at a company, she was an agent for a really long time. I knew that she was underestimated. I knew she was underpaid and then switched her to, you know, we got her a deal at another agency where she's running the entire thing. And she was just like, I didn't even know like it was possible. And so that gives me great joy because it's life-changing money. And it's like, um, for me, you know, and it, and it was something that people did not think could have be done, you know? So I love doing that too. And where do you base JJ? I am based in Tribeca in Manhattan. Oh, great. Never, yeah, not leaving. Where are you, Kevin? Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm in St. Pete, Florida. Um, I We have, my son has been with me 10 years. He's up in, we were in Manhattan. He's in Long Island now. Uh, so we, we, I'm up there quite a bit. Love to, uh, um, love to get your contact info because yeah, I think there's some great, great stuff yeah. uh, that we may be able to collaborate on. So uh, yeah. great, great. Great to hang out with you here today. And hey, 
If you have a podcast, we'll be on it. How about that? <laughs> we know a few people. Okay. I love uh, it. Thank you. Awesome. This has been Seth Green and Kevin Arrington for Sharkpreneur with JJ Jennifer Justice. Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Good to meet you. Take care. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.